Well, it, uh, we enjoy um, each year being able to get together and um, just share together some of the things that God has done in this past year, as well as talk about some of the things that we see God doing, uh, planning to do um, in this coming year. And um, that's just fun uh, for us to be able to do, and uh, we'd love just to um, spend time with you guys to do that. And this morning, uh, we're going to wrap um, a lot of our thoughts around the discipleship pathway. When I say the discipleship pathway here at New Life, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Um, good. This is uh, what we're talking about, um, these four things. Um, as we have been on a journey uh, to figure out and implement um, this idea that Jesus called us all uh, to go into the world um, and make disciples. And what's interesting is he didn't say, hey, um, you apostles, you only go out there and make disciples. We believe that this is a call and a mission that God's given to all of his people uh, to go out there and make disciples. So the first thing is this idea of knowing God. Um, it's the proclamation of God's word. Um, it might happen here on a Sunday morning from stage. It might be in you sharing the gospel uh, with uh, coworkers or friends or with somebody on the ball diamond but it's the proclamation of God's words, the proclamation of the gospel. The second is this idea of living life together. Uh, we all need um, this idea of community, to have others around us that love us, encourage us, that challenge us. And uh, we want to see people taking a step from hearing God's word, responding in, in salvation, and then getting connected uh, with others. From there, we see people on this pathway uh, really moving in and saying, you know what, I really want to grow deeper in my faith. I want to begin to practice spiritual disciplines. So how many of you have ever said, you know what, I, I want to bulk up? Any guys? <laughs> no one's willing to admit it. All right. <laughs> Paul, yes. We'll use you for the example. So let's say you say, I, you know, I, I really want to, you don't want to bulk up. You just want to tone, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's already plenty of, you know, muscle fiber there, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can say yeah. You just, you just want it to look a little bit better. If, if you said that and you, and you said, you know what, I'm, I'm never going to work out, I'm just going to think about it. How do you think that's going to work on your toning? Not very well. Not very well. <laughs> the same thing for us spiritually. Uh, we must be people that practice spiritual disciplines. Um, it is a way for us to work out um, our faith. So that happens and primarily in D groups, but also in some other ways. And then finally, in this pathway, because it is circular in some sense, we want to see people reaching out to change the world. We want to see people that are so excited that God has rescued them. God has saved them um, from the pits of hell. They've connected with other believers for encouragement and accountability. They're practicing spiritual disciplines and growing. And now they're also going out and sharing the gospel uh, with other people. They're out there serving, making a difference. And those people continue um, this discipleship pathway. So this morning, I thought we'd start with um, knowing God and talking a little bit about uh, ways that we've seen um, God work in that kind of quadrant of uh, our mission here this, this year. So guys, what are some ways that you see God uh, working in the knowing God segment of things? Well, I've, you, have to, you have to look at every one of those things that you talked about. You know, D groups, Sunday morning, you know, preaching, uh, quiet time, D, uh, life groups. Um, and I think over the last year, my sense has been from talking with people, you know, in life group, here on Sunday mornings, in D group, um, that 
there was a tremendous amount of, of spiritual growth taking place. Um, people who were excited about um, diving into God's word, in particular our study in the book of John, um, learning things that they've never learned before. I mean, spending as much time as we did in John, I mean, we're familiar with it, but spending, camping out there longer than, than usual um, really kind of allowed us to see truths that maybe we've, we've overlooked in, in the past, and then trying to find ways to apply it to our lives, uh, learning, learning how to study the scriptures. I think some people acquired some skills in doing that. Yeah. It's interesting. Sometimes people wonder, why do we go so long on a passage or on a, a section of scripture? Uh, so this year, we're announcing we're going to spend the next um, eight years on Revelation. So, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so what, um, as, as you think about, how many weeks did we spend? Do you know 40. 40 weeks in the Gospel of John. Uh, what are some of the benefits of spending that long uh, in, in that passage? From my perspective, um, when you think we spend a lot of time in, in certain verses, I feel like there's definitely times where we could have spent a whole lot. We could easily done 60 or 80 weeks yeah. on the book of yeah. John alone. Because correlating it to the other books and, and to other scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, I mean, we could have, we could just keep right on going, right? And just keep working our way through that. So it was, um, even, you know, as an elder, it doesn't matter. It was as beneficial to me as anyone just to spend that kind of time and devotion, not just on Sunday morning, but then to go into it through our, our life group and to talk about it further and from that aspect, and then D groups as well. So, I mean, just conversations Amy and I had in our home about what we learned that week or, or the scripture or how it correlated to other things that we looked at and to dive into it and study it even further was just incredibly beneficial from my standpoint. Yeah, we in our life group, we would oftentimes hear, hey, I've been thinking about that passage this week, and here's how it's been um, impacting my life or affecting me. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. As we think about um, just other things from a Sunday morning perspective this past year, we've, we've seen uh, missionaries, as Paul um, took uh, his sabbatical uh, this past spring, and uh, we got to enjoy some of our missionaries coming. Um, how, has, uh, how have you seen our missionaries coming impact um, the church this past year? Um, yeah, just some thoughts from the business casual contingent of the elder team, um, as opposed to the lumberjack contingent this morning. So, um, so I thought it was really beneficial. I just like to say, I view that as a compliment. Me too. I am not offended. <laughs> so I, I appreciated the opportunity to um, hear from and have come visit both uh, the, from the visit standpoint, uh, we had um, um, uh, Isen from, uh, from Albania come and spend, he, d he didn't get to come to a church service, but we got to meet with him uh, in a couple of different settings, the elder team did, and then um, he, he was over to our house uh, for dinner with a, with a life group and got to hang out for, uh, for a bit with him. So that was great just to um, get to know him and, and their heart for ministry there on a more personal level really um, makes it more real that our reach is international um, and into you know, an, another part of the world that 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 has that part you know probably even more than than our part just has a a lost area of the world because of their history because of their um, governmental situation and history um, so that was really neat to, to hear that firsthand also another one of our of our missionaries the c.s lewis society 
for years has been led by Dr. Tom Woodard, and we've had a relationship with him. He's visited us a number of times, and, and as, as years have gone by, uh, Tom is sort of, um, I don't think he's in full retirement mode, but heading that direction, and now there's a new president of that ministry, and Mike Sherrod came, and he spoke on Sunday morning, and um, I know it, 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 it um, enabled me to get a little bit more engaged with that ministry. Um, I knew that they had a podcast, but it's something that now I listen to pretty much on a weekly basis, just trying to understand, you know, A, uh, having a bit of nourishment that's uh, that's just outside of a Sunday morning, but also, hey, this is a ministry that we support. Um, what um, I, I want to get something out of that and also just sort of monitoring what is that ministry doing for others and being able to be yeah. more engaged. Well, and they have an email that goes out, I think it's weekly, um, just about if you're interested in apologetics or answering some um, significant questions that are going into our culture right now, um, it's a great email. If you don't have time to um, to listen or read too much, it's it's really good. So if you're interested in getting on that, you don't know how, let us know, and and we'll definitely get you connected. Yeah, and then also um, Scott from Sauda Hills was here too. Uh, so yeah, just getting that face-to-face -face interaction. Um, we we contribute. I mean, what I think is a lot of money to uh, support missions around the world and and locally and and also with you know even with Steve Telfer here that's here every single week. You know, being reminded of the impact that we're having. Um, you know, just in, in a very you know from a, more of a full-time basis as opposed to you know what we're all doing every day just in our circles. It's pretty pretty great to be able to emphasize that and not just have it be a line item on the budget or a picture on the wall, um, more effective when, when we're uh, able to see them and talk with them. Yeah. Well, it's been just incredibly encouraging just throughout the year to hear people share um, how God has really been challenging them as um, the, his word has been spoken, whether it's in the Gospel of John. Um, I remember talking to a couple of people after um, Dr. Woodward was here and just really feeling challenged and um, stepping up um, in their life and their faith. So um, it's just super encouraging to see that and hear that. Um, but also, uh, we've been involved in the community this year. There's several events that uh, we've been involved in. Paul, what are some of those events, and how have you seen those mm -hmm. going? Um, they've ranged uh, from uh, music and art in the park to um, uh, the, the ice skating rink that we'd had uh, in December, where we had roughly 30 new lifers come out to support that. Of course, um, entry into the Labor Day parade uh, was, was always a, a high point. It's great, you know, the community knows we're here. Um, and after the events that we participate in, you know, Movies in the Park was another one uh, that we did where we uh, made popcorn, served popcorn and, and lemonade and interacted with folks. Uh, it's just a way to, to uh, rub shoulders with people in the community, build relationships, especially with city officials, businesses. They get to know us, they get to trust us, and then they ask us for help like they did this past December, um, which, which tells you a lot about how they view us. And it's much better to have that view of a church than another kind of view. Um, and, um, and so we anticipate some of those same things may happen again this year. We kind of cur curtailed a few things this past year, but it was nice to be out of that COVID year uh, where we could actually get out and do those things again. So, yeah. Well, I know as we have, have talked and just uh, reminisced about uh, what God's done this last year, one of the things that really rose to the top is just I'm um, seeing a couple people come to faith uh, this year and uh, cross from spiritual death to life and responding to the gospel and um, seeing 
um, and hearing um, testimonies, um, especially of young people um, this past year, was just a lot of fun uh, to be able to do. Mm-hmm. So seeing those things and seeing that this, this pathway is, has, has not just begun with some, um, it's continuing, mm-hmm. and uh, that's uh, been real. I, w- I would add to that having people um, come forward uh, to be baptized, you know, understanding the importance and the significance of baptism, mm-hmm. and then a willingness to publicly confess Christ before others, um, folks that uh, came forward for membership, you know, that, that felt the Lord was leading them to this particular body, to covenant together with you all, um, to, to help us become all that God intends for us to be. So I think those were good things, too. Yeah. So probably lots more things we could reminisce and uh, thank God for from this past year, but what are some things that uh, we feel that God is uh, doing and, and calling us to do in 2023? Two words. Be courageous. Be courageous. I think, you know, every year we've tried to, uh, to have kind of a key words or a theme going into the year, but for me this year with our, the status of our world, right? I mean, it is incredibly broken and messed up, and we see it and are reminded of it everywhere you go, every single place you go, to truly be courageous as Christians and defining that. I'm excited about, I mean, I'm truly, truly excited about to think about what it means to, you know, being courageous is not an absence of fear, right? It, it's being willing to move forward and make make action in spite of your in, inner fears. And I think as Christians, there's a lot of times, I know for me, fear can hold me back. And I need to be willing to be more courageous and be willing to put myself out there regardless of the consequences. And I'm looking forward to use this to, to tone our muscles in using this to go forward and to share the gospel with our community and those we um, work with. It's going to be fabulous. Yeah, just as you think about this idea of... Um not just living out the gospel, which is certainly courageous in itself, um, but realizing and coming to terms with the, the only hope that our world has. What is it? It's Jesus. That's it. Um, there's, no, there's no other hope uh, for our world, for our culture, uh, for us as individuals. Um, it, is, it is Jesus Christ. And for us to be courageous um, in sharing um, that message with a world that is so... Uh, desperately in need of him. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how God uses that. Yeah, I think the thing that's most exciting to me about it is it's it's so it would be it's so easy to talk about being courageous, <laughs> right? Just just like it is about you know it's so easy. To yeah, talk about working it, out. it's just so easy, and we would all nod our heads and all that, and oftentimes nothing really changes. But what's in my mind, I think what's in our minds is, is that we believe God really is going to do something in us this year so that he can work through us that we would be courageous in, in many areas of our life. I mentioned some of those uh, last week, you know. But, um, but in just, just trying to picture in your head what would that look like if we were bold in our proclamation of the gospel, if we were courageous in, in our giving and our serving and in our witness to others and in so many other areas, what kind of impact would that have on other people? What kind of impact would that have on us individually? But what kind of impact would that have in our church? 
Um, I mean, that's really exciting. And knowing um, that, you know, we've, we've put some teeth to this, there's a, there's a plan for us moving forward. But I think it all starts with understanding what God's word has to say to us. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why you can't skip over that and just jump right to application. You, you've got to know the truth of, of God's word and uh, take it to heart because we know that, that the forces of this world are, and our own emotions fight against us. And so we have to stand by faith uh, in what God has called us to do. Yeah, I think the one thing that, that we have been convicted by and are, and are trying to implement by action, and it's reflected by the cards that you're on your chairs this morning when you came in, is that all of this sort of begins and ends with our prayer for God's work to be accomplished. And I think, you know, we as a, a church, we as an elder team, probably we as individuals have room to grow in our prayer lives in those contexts. And uh, there's going to be some, some opportunities corporately to do that. Um, we're going to be more committed um, as a group that you see here praying together. Um, and so hopefully we want that to leak out into each of our lives that we are um, absolutely committed to praying for these things that, um, that we view as important initiatives for our church in our community so that God might um, empower us to answer those prayers um, as opposed to never asking. Do we want to talk about the papers on people's chairs now, Paul? Uh, I, I can just say a word about them. Um, those uh, cards can be turned in uh, today. And, uh, they can be set out on the table after you fill them out. Um, there'll be cards that are continue to be available. Um, when they get turned in, they'll go into the staff uh, for a regular uh, prayer for people. Um, leadership team will see those as well. Um, but today would be a great day, given that everyone's got one as they're sitting there. Um, uh, as you're sitting there uh, listening, if, think, if items come to mind, go ahead and put them in, and you can put them out on the table or in the offering box, and uh, they'll get to the right spot. Yeah, I mean, if you need more time than that, you can always bring them back, but do bring them back. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we spend time every single week as a staff praying for 10 to 15, and uh, to see, um, you know, as we would go through the stack each and every week, um, you know, we would find that's been answered. So instead of it being a prayer request, it turns into a praise. Thank you, God, for answering this. Uh, it's been fun to see that throughout the year. Um, it's been good. Paul, how do you see this uh, courageous theme um, impacting us here on Sunday mornings? Um, well, obviously, uh, through um, the entire worship service, through song selection, and, but, but the messages in particular. Um, you know, last year, uh, the elders, we got together, and we're always thinking, praying, trying to discern God's will for the next year. What would he have us uh, teach on? And uh, we, we kept coming back to this theme, this idea of courageous. And I had read uh, a book by Alistair Begg called Brave by Faith, uh, which dovetailed perfectly with, with that theme and uh, felt that that would be a great way to kick off this year. Um, but just to get us started, you know, again, we're not the first people to, to wrestle with um, these issues, with the, with the hardships, with the hatred of the world, as we talked about last week. Um, and, um, and so being able to look at God's word, and in particular, to take a look at the book of Daniel, uh, because Daniel, I mean, if, if there was a book in the, in the Old Testament, this is a great one to understand. How did God's people cope with the difficulty 
difficulties and the hardships and the hatred of the world back then. Um, because that's really the, the key for us. You know, and as we, we read the book of Daniel, I would caution us to not get so fixated on Daniel because Daniel was fixated on God. Mm. And so we need to keep our focus on the God of Daniel. Now, Daniel's a great example for us to follow, but we need to understand he looked to the Lord in a very, very difficult environment. You can go to truthforlife.org, and you can order it there. Uh, the books are only $6. There's also a study guide that comes with it. It's even thinner than the other, uh, and this is only $2, so you can get them both for, for 8 bucks. We would encourage you... Um, to, to keep pace with us as we work through the first seven chapters of the book of Daniel, uh, which we will begin next week. So, you know, you can read the, the introduction of the first chapter and then be prepared to discuss this uh, in your life groups. And uh, we are, are excited about a new, a new season of life groups. Um, uh, this is probably not the time to talk about it, but I will say we've got 93 people currently in a life group. So there's room for growth. And so we would would love to have you a part of it. If you're not in one, uh, you can see me after the service, and I'd love to help you get connected. But do pick up these two books. This is how we're going to start out um, in the book of Daniel, talking about what it means to be courageous. But then the spring, we're going to move into uh, something else called, uh, I call it the three circles, because it's a form. It's a it's, it's a way of learning how to share the gospel with other people. And it's very, very simple. You can even see from the diagram, you, you, if you can draw three circles, you can share the gospel uh, with somebody. And so what we'll do is we'll take you through uh, three sermons where we're talking about these various things, talking about God's design uh, for us as human beings, uh, what went wrong with the world, brokenness, and then how did God fix it in the gospel? And uh, through this little simple method, you're going to be you're going to learn how to share the gospel so that you can have confidence in sharing the gospel. And uh, uh, just to kind of tease you again a little bit, there's even a little book that if you would be interested in purchasing it, this would be helpful to you. And then uh, there is a little trainee manual that you'll receive as well as you go through this. There are other resources as well, but it's all designed um, to help equip you to do what it is that God has, has called us to do. Later in the summer, we're going to be looking at the book of 2 Peter um, and specifically dealing uh, with Peter's main concern there is that false teaching. And so uh, I'm excited about that. And then later in the fall, we're going to be going through a series called Rediscover Church. And I think we might have a slide for that as well. And I did not bring that book, uh, but we're going to be going through uh, that book like we're doing with Brave Through Faith. Uh, but we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be the church? And what's my role in it? And uh, what does God want from us? Those are just some of the things that we're going to be doing from a preaching perspective, all touching upon being courageous. Um, and I'll tell you, just being a part of the church, there are, are many, many people who are content with uh, Sunday morning Christianity. That's not what God has called us to do. And it's time for us to be courageous and be the people that God has called us to be. It's time for us to be the church. Yeah, it's good. There was one other thing, I think, that you've got for Sunday mornings that is available today. 
yes, I've got something. It's so a small some, book. Some it's of you, thin. <laughs> some of you have come in, and I've noticed you've got uh, these books uh, with you already. It's called Sermon Notebook. Okay, and uh, thank you so much for picking these up. They're just thirty dollars a piece, and. Um, <laughs> I'm glad some of you laughed because some of you were about to go. Cash what? only, right Can I after bring service. It back? Yeah, cash only. You give directly to you. Correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this is an excellent, excellent resource, and the elders, um, after looking at it, wanted to bless you guys with it. Um, so this is our gift to you. Um, we 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 believe that this this is laid out in such a way it will be most helpful. We know many of you take notes, um, but the way that this is laid out uh, is really pretty incredible. Um, there there's a, a section here called the challenging art of listening to sermons. There's a section here on uh, how to memorize Bible verses. And then each week here, um, you'll come to a page that basically um, allows you to jot down who the speaker was, what the title was, what the text was, a place for notes. And then over here on the right-hand side, some interesting thought-provoking concepts that really help you, such as, I never knew. I was reminded of. I still want to know. Something I should change, a biblical truth I could share. I could keep reading, but you can see how these are thought-provoking. And then uh, every six weeks, there's a a six-week review. Um, And something else that Trevor said that I thought was really, really cool, he says, his life group, they're going to do this together. They're going to do the review together. But anyway, um, it, it just, I, I, I can't read it all here, but there's some great questions in here to help you with uh, review. And like I said, at the end of the, the book, there's a, a whole section on memorizing scripture. But we wanted to bless you guys with that in the hopes that this would aid you on the discipleship pathway mm-hmm. uh, in becoming um, a, a Christ follower who um, studies the word of God you know, to handle it accurately, you know, and to be pleasing to God. And uh, so these are free. It doesn't cost you 30 bucks. If you would like to help offset the cost to it, uh, we aren't going to stop you from doing that. Um, you can uh, take an envelope, put some cash in there, throw it in the, in the offering box. Um, but um, there's no charge for these books. But please don't take them if you're not going to at least try to, to take notes, um, uh, we, we want as many of you, we ordered enough of them, and by the way, they come in three wonderful colors. Uh, okay, so take your pick. There's actually more black ones than there are the other ones, so this and this will go quicker. So if you didn't get it when you were coming in, on your way out, you can grab it in the lobby. But no, I think one of a, a, a real value of that notebook is having a built-in reflection. And I, I take a lot of notes on a lot of things um, in a lot of different contexts in my life. And, um, and I don't go back and look at them a lot. And it's, it's an area that I could grow in, uh, whether it be prayer journals, whether it be um, sermon notes. I was... Uh, just as we got ready for today, I was flipping back through notes from this past year and passages from this past year and thinking I really just reminding myself of the book of John. And, um, and I remember about a year ago right now, you, we, I think what you started 
with John chapter 20, talking about the why. Why did John write all of this? Uh, mm-hmm. And it was to, mm-hmm. to show Jesus' signs so that people may believe. Mm-hmm. And that's where we started in the book of John. And then we mm-hmm. went all the way back to yeah. chapter 1. Um, but even my reminder of that this week was, you know, that is why we walked through every step of the book of John um, to, to be convinced mm-hmm. and to, to spurn, spur belief. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I do think to, to some of the things, though, that, that Ryan mentioned about the why. We talk about all these things, about being courageous, about rediscovering church. Um, why is that important? Something that God's been moving in, in my life on, you know, Amy and I have had a lot of discussions in our workplaces how you just see the world pushing, pushing, pushing. And it is so tempting to just back up, back up, and isolate yourself and just go, you know what? I'm not going to fight this. I'm just going to go over here with my Christian friends and my Christian circle and my Christian bubble and not engage. That is not what we're called to do. You know, in order to affect the outcome of the game, you can't just wear the jersey. You got to be on the field, right? And you got to be prepared. If you just go out on the field and, and you haven't done the drills to get ready, it's not going to go well. And the other reality is on the field, you're going to get hit. You're going to get bruised. You're going to get sore. But that's what we're called to do. And I think as Christians, it's really easy for us to put the jersey on and cheer other people on from the bench. But that's not what God wants from us. And so these tools that we're, we're trying to share, the, the overall purpose, the why behind them is so that each of us has the skills required to get on the field and to play. Yeah, and we want to encourage everyone, too, this year uh, to be present. Uh, those times when uh, you're feeling uh, tired on a Sunday morning uh, or, man, your, your pajamas just sound so good. <laughs> Uh, be here, be present uh, with other people and uh, hear God's word. And also I want to challenge all of us, um, this idea of being courageous. It's not because um, you're courageous or you're awesome enough to be courageous. It's because God is. And um, to encourage us all um, to think about those who need to hear uh, God's word proclaimed, um, to invite them to come. Uh, because it's, it's about him. It's not about you. It's not about us. Um, it's about him. And uh, people hearing his word. Uh, God uh, moves uh, when people uh, hear his word and his word spoken. So consider um, that idea. Um, real quick, and I need to speed up just a little bit. Uh, one of the things that uh, we've been slowly uh, doing is, is adding some elements to our services here on Sunday mornings. And maybe you've noticed, maybe you haven't. Um, Paul, do you want to talk a little bit about why we're doing that and what some of those things are? Um, yeah, well, every, every church has an order of service, um, and for the most part, some of those elements are pretty common. You're going to see them from, from every church. Um, uh, there's a, a technical word for it. It's called liturgy. Some of you are familiar with that word. Um, it is, it, it's actually co- it comes from the Greek liturgia, and it, 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 it's translated in the... Um, in the English Bibles as ministry or service. And over the years, of course, the word became associated with the worship service because it was a form of of service. And it's really an order or a pattern for worship, and every church has one, whether they use the word liturgy or not. Um, And uh, there are certain forms uh, of of, uh, worship that the church 
ought to be uh, participating in and doing because they're commanded in Scripture. Um, God has already told us how he wants to be worshipped. We don't have to recreate the wheel and invent it. We simply have to look at what God's word says and follow his commands. And, uh, you know, typically most people would say, yeah, well, there's singing and then there's, you know, preaching and maybe there's communion, you know. And so, but a good way of thinking about it is, is that when we, when we come into worship, um, everything is centered around the word. Um, so we read the word. Uh, we, we pray the word, we preach the word, we sing the word, um, we even see the word in the ordinances, whether it's a baptism or the, or the Lord's Supper. Um, but worship is dialogical. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. And I, and, and I think most of the time we don't think about it that way, that God is speaking to us, but we are to respond to him. Now, when you start thinking about that, you go, okay, well, singing, you know, that's a response. Coming to the Lord's table, that's a response. Prayer is a, is a response. Get to the pause button. Just yeah. for those of us that might be a little challenged with vocabulary this morning. Yeah. Dialogical. Uh, what you're saying is it's not just God speaking to us. It's also us responding. Yes, it's having a dialogue of sorts. So all of us on yes. Sunday morning have on a Sunday role, morning, yeah. not just people here on stage. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. And, uh, and so as we were thinking about that, you know, we're thinking about what are ways that are in keeping with Scripture that allows that to take place. And so uh, clearly you have, you know, the, the preaching of the Word in which God's Word is going forth, we're hearing it, but then we need to respond. Most of the time what we've been doing is having a response in song. We want to broaden that out more, and we'll do so next week. Um, a lot of times our response is actually obedience and that takes place outside of the four walls of this church. But while we're gathered together, we can respond in a variety of different ways. I've mentioned some of them already. Um, we have had responsive readings where we are responding to the truth of God's word. Um, you could recite creeds. You could do all sorts of things. We start with a call to worship in which God, in a sense, invites us through his word, oftentimes through other people and specifically the psalmist, to come into his presence with joyful singing, to worship him in spirit and in truth. And then we close the service most often with a benediction, um, with a blessing. We've heard God's word. We've been commanded to obey him. We've been exhorted and encouraged. Now we want to send you forth with a blessing, with a reminder that it's not you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, but it's God by his grace that enables us to live for him. That would be some of the things. Yeah. So you're saying that as you and Trevor primarily would plan out a Sunday morning, Trevor's not like, hey, let's just pick three songs that people like and uh, let's pray somewhere in there and let's do a sermon. Yeah, there's, there's more to it. All of those things are purposeful and intentional. Yeah. And the call to worship, uh, which I don't know if you recognize it, but every Sunday, uh, Trevor or someone here on stage will give a call to worship. It's a call uh, for all of us to respond to um, and worship. It's not just words that mm -hmm. someone's saying. It's an actual uh, request to call for us to worship the Lord. Yeah. So yeah. all those things are there. Yeah, and there's, there's a whole heck of a lot more I could say on it, but we don't have the time. Yeah, so 
So as um, in this pathway, as um, people um, know God, as his words proclaim, they respond to him um, in salvation, and uh, we see the next step uh, for all of us um, to get connected in community. We all need other people. Uh, I've been reading Ecclesiastes and just reminded of the idea that a threefold strand is not quickly broken. We need um, each other. And this year, uh, we've seen some good things happen in life groups. Uh, what are some of those things that uh, come to mind? Yeah, I guess the one thing that comes to mind most close to, to me especially is that our life group, really, really we spent the year um, working towards launching a second group off of our group. And uh, we, we do that when there's uh, willing and able and uh, uh, leaders that are, that are able and wanting to launch off and, and birth a new group. And uh, it, it took us a while to get it accomplished, to make all the timing right and, and make it all happen. But um, in September, we did that. And now we've got two groups. And um, now they both got sitters. And so we've, we've got more space for more people to come and participate in community and, uh, and grow friendships and take on uh, missional activities and uh, just in, in general be the church in that setting. Uh, and so that was super exciting. And um, now we've, you know, several months have gone by and uh, it seems to have been a, a really good um, outcome to the process that we went through. So yeah, um, and I, I'd, I'd also just uh, extend that to say that leadership within the church is, is something to be considered, desired, and engaged with. You know, a lot of us, a lot of us have leadership roles outside of church in our in our business lives, in our work lives, in our in our homes, and um, the church is a is a valid and purposeful place to exercise the skills and abilities and giftings. We sort of use our skills and abilities at work, but there's a special way within the church to use our spiritual gifts. And so just can't encourage uh, folks more than to consider what God has put within you um, to use not only Monday through Friday um, when you're at work, but for the, for the mission of the gospel and what that might look like. And so we, we see that happen. We saw it happen in our group with Trevor and Shelley playing a role, and, and Jared and Ricky played a role in this launching of a, of a new group, and they were willing. We have others also that are interested in um, those two groups about pushing forward into the future and consider leadership as well. So, and it also goes for, for deacons, for elders. Um, you know, from an elder standpoint, it's not us four and no more. Um, we're not getting any younger, are we, Eric? We both had birthdays in the last two weeks, and one so, of us is older than the other. Which one do you think is older? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, leadership um, drives the work of God within the church, and we need to work hard to, uh, to push that forward for the glory of God and for the future existence and success of the church. Yeah, I know for me, I really enjoy getting together with our group on Wednesdays and um, just talking about life and praying for one another, and I really feel that uh, it's been good. And uh, this year, we've also seen um, some new people um, stepping up in leadership, as I mentioned. We see some people in the pipeline um, to potentially lead some new groups um, coming up uh, here this year. We've seen um, a lot of people from just different generations connecting in life groups, which has been uh, super fun. 
And uh, we've seen, um, especially, um, a lot of young people um, connecting. So I don't know if you've noticed, but um, God has been uh, blessing our church uh, with all generations, but especially young people. And uh, we're excited to have all the new babies uh, that are here and uh, yet to come. So that's super fun. Amen. Thank you. Um, All right. Amen, Teddy. Well, one of the things, too, that we've um, noticed is that our young adult group, which was primarily made up of just young single folks, um, as that came to an end at the end of 2022, uh, there's an opportunity to help them connect. So we actually uh, did a survey with everyone, I think it was 32 and younger. So if you didn't get it, sorry, I don't have your birthday. Uh, sorry, Vic. Um, um, and uh, it was interesting to see just as they began to share some of their um, desires and where they are as far as connecting with the church, growing in their faith, uh, connecting with others, and definitely see an opportunity uh, for those, um, that demographic to really um, connect with one another. So one of those ways is life groups. The other way that uh, that uh, particular group was interested in connecting was through serving. And uh, we're going to be working uh, with them to find some opportunities to, to do those things uh, here in the very near future. So looking forward to that. Um, as far as um, community, it's not just life groups. That's part of it. But one of the challenges that we have um, as a church um, is getting all together, getting to know one another. And uh, if, if, if we were to decide today, if we had the room, uh, we would not do two services. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, we would love, uh, love, love, love to be in one um, just so people can get to know each other better. And uh, we're working on some things to do that. Uh, we mentioned the, uh, the Super Chili Bowl is, is one of those ways. Um, Ryan, you've got a couple of things that are kind of on your docket this year. Yeah, I think in, in that setting, especially um, thinking in lines of the, the prayer cards, our emphasis on prayer from, uh, from a church-wide standpoint, uh, one other, and, and our desire to get everyone together is to, at least on three different occasions throughout the course of the year, uh, uh, come together for some midweek evening prayer and worship nights um, to where um, we invite everybody, everybody to come, but it's probably perhaps going to be on a night where a lot of life groups meet, so life groups can come together and meet, and just be a, a focused time of prayer and worship, and uh, you know we have really a lot of flexibility in that setting to be able to come together uh, and, and, and worship. Um, and also, some other focused times of prayer, which, which I hope that um, really cross over into an outreach standpoint of changing the world in that there's going to be at least three occasions where we come together probably on a Saturday morning and call them sort of like a, a cultural engagement time and a time of prayer for that where we have a, a topic that is particularly applicable to either our community or in the culture at the time, maybe in the, in the news of the time, take a look at it from a biblical perspective and then spend time praying for it and consider what it is what, what action there is for, for us personally, for us as a church, but really, again, um, starting with a biblical perspective and taking a prayerful approach at what we do. Uh, so those are a couple, a couple of things that will provide opportunity for us to come together as a church and pray. As you think about that cultural engagement, what are some of the, um, the topics or questions maybe that come to mind that we might tackle this year? Yeah, it, it, could, be, um, it could be so many different things. Um, you know, you think about the, the various um, um, 
topics that cause angst within our, our workplace because of the, um, the aspects of the way our world engages society. So think about um, all things gender and, and sexual in nature that the world is redefining terms, marriage and uh, gender and all of this. That would be one topic that we would take up, take and you know break down, share truth and and pray for. Um, an, another topic might be um, I don't know. I just my, my mind is is flooded with um, with items, but aspects of the workplace and how we engage. You know, is it our place to share truth in what settings? How are we dealing with that as individuals um, when the uh, our, our our management teams are viewing life in one way and we view life in another? How do we deal with that? So, seems like it might fit with a the theme like being courageous. It is. It absolutely is a, a courageous uh, topic, um, as, especially as we deal with our workplaces. Yeah. So looking to come together in, in those kind of events are opportunities for us to get to know one another, learn, grow together, and um, have, have some fun. And potentially together. invite other people, because these are going to be topics yeah. that not just Christians are struggling with. There's convictions along these areas that, that when, when, when untruth is being spoken as truth, even non-believers sit up and go, what is that? <laughs> and, and so to bring um, folks and say, yeah, that's, that's not just weird. That's wrong. And it's wrong because the Bible says it's wrong. And we can be a part of sharing that with a lost culture. And it can be a part of them coming to know Christ when they realize, oh, there's a basis behind truth. It's not just, it's not just logic. There is, a, there is a person behind logic that makes it true. Yeah. So we're looking to have um, some fun opportunities like the Super Chili Bowl, some learning and growing opportunities and worship times, prayer times. Um, Paul, what do you think about serving opportunities this year and how might that uh, really help us to get to know one another and build relationships? Yeah, well, like I mentioned earlier, we'll probably have some of those same opportunities this year that we've had in the past, uh, maybe even some additional ones, uh, ones that we've done in the past but haven't done recently. Um, you know, a Founders Day celebration comes to mind as, as one of those. Um, and, uh, but, but really, we, we would encourage life groups to, to, to wrestle with this. How can we serve? Um, be, and there are two aspects here. I mean, when you, when you talk about being missional, okay, there's the aspect of service, of finding a way that we can serve. You can just, <coughs> excuse me, serve one another in a variety, variety of ways, but also how do we serve others outside of our group? Um, and then there's the evangelism piece, um, which, uh, again, some of what we do in the community is uh, what I would consider pre-evangelism, a step in that direction. But what, what I'm hoping for is, is that if we are properly equipped and encouraged and challenged by God's word to live courageously, that we're going to find that these things happen organically. You know, that we're beginning to share our faith more regularly, intentionally with the people that we come in contact with. So there'll be, there'll be organized activities and events and things for us to do. Um, and, um, you know, along those lines, I know that we're, we're wrestling with and looking at the things that we are doing. Um, should we continue to do them? 
Yeah. Um, do we need to tweak them or do we need to start something else? And so we'll look at all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Greg, what about men's and women's ministries this year? Yeah, so in, in 2022, I think uh, our men's events went off very well. We had three events, a lot of fun. We uh, ate together, we fellowshiped together, do, we shot things together. Do you remember the two elements that are uh, primarily important for a men's event? <laughs> Food and shooting stuff. There you go. Uh, in all honesty, though, it really was a good year, but um, we realized, we talked about as an elder team, that we need to offer the same thing for the ladies in our church, right? Um, the challenge is, I'm not a lady. Um, the deacons are not ladies, so for us to come up with an idea is probably not the best idea. So I searched near and far and found someone who's incredibly capable, um, incredibly knowledgeable about being a woman and... I think pretty good looking too. It's my wife, Amy. And, uh, <laughs> but no, Amy's, Amy's, uh, going to be partnering with me and, and guiding for the women as well. Cause again, they need the fellowship. They need to serve together. They need an opportunity to do that. And we all know it'll be a lot better if it's not a guy planning it. So, uh, we're going to shoot for three events for each. The hardest part will probably begin on the calendar. So we can deconflict with everything else going on, but I look forward to what twenty twenty three has to hold for both those ministries. Yeah. So some good things. Um, be prepared this year to uh, to get involved and uh, get to know other people. Uh, whether you think you know a lot or you don't, um, there's always uh, new folks here to get to know, and um, so I know I can definitely grow um, in that area as well. So. But as we think about all these opportunities to find community, um, build relationships, and encourage and challenge each other, um, the next step on the pathway is making disciples. And we don't just want to make disciples. We want to make disciples who make disciples. Uh, we want to make disciple makers. And uh, one of the ways that uh, we know that... Um, we can grow this year. We've had a lot, which has been good as far as um, internal growth. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have um, gone from group to group. Maybe they haven't been ready um, to lead their own life group or a D group. Uh, this year, we're really looking to push us to, one, build relationships so we have people that we might know or be aware of um, that want to be in a D group, that need to be in a D group, to invite them uh, to be involved um, and uh, to really uh, make a difference in more people's lives because there are many uh, here um, that haven't been um, in a D group yet or and really want to be. So that's one of the ways that uh, we're looking to do that. Um, Ryan, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, this year or last year? Yeah, over the course of the, the last year, um, well, first of all, you know, D groups differ subtly from, actually, it's pretty significant from life groups. Life groups, you've got um, a lot of families, you have singles, you have marrieds, you have, you know, kids running around or with sitters. You kind of have all that going on in a life group, and it's a, a great setting for, um, you know, talking more about the, the, the sermon of the of sermon series and, and digging into God's word. Uh, but it really isn't a great setting for for personal growth, personal accountability. And so, um, as many of us know, um, a few years ago, implementation of D groups, where where um, smaller groups of, of men meet with men, and smaller groups of women meet with women, of three to five uh, people generally, and walking through God's word and journaling through it, following a the the guide of, of, of highlighting, explaining, application, and, um, oh, my mind just went blank, response, thank you, the here method of journaling. Um, so um, it, it's, it's just been so valuable in watching what for, for years 
that we sort of sensed was a limitation of life groups, of, of not adequately, you know, nudging us all into that personal quiet time and personal growth. And it's just been remarkable to the point where this past year, Paul said there's 93 people in life groups. Over the course of the last year, we've had around 70 to 75 people in D groups. And so that's, that's both of those numbers I think are, are great. Um, but just by looking at the difference between those numbers, um, there's, there's people inside of life groups even right now that, um, that I believe would benefit from exploring what a D group looks like and, and, and also would, would benefit then from having more D groups. And like Eric said, to, for those of us that have been in D groups, um, taking the step of, of leading one. And for anyone who's been in a D group, you know that leading one is, is not uh, being a, a pastor. It's not being a theologian. It is, it is opening up the evening and sharing the journals from that week and keeping you know, on schedule from a, a reasonable standpoint within whatever that group um, requires. And so it is, it's just opens up opportunity for more people to do it. So um, really want to encourage folks this year to consider that and, and not be, well, maybe remain scared, but take that courageous step like yeah. Greg's talking about. Even in, in light of a little bit of fear, take the step and, and see what happens. Yeah. Um, this year, one of the things that we've um, realized probably even more than ever is there, there is a great desire for this idea of connecting with people of multiple generations. Um, how many of you uh, would like to connect with people from different generations? So most everyone here wants to do that. And as we have um, spent time just listening and talking to, um, especially our young people, um, they really, really, really want uh, older people in their lives um, to bounce ideas off of, to live life with, um, to learn from, and to share uh, things that uh, they're learning and growing. So really see that as the one thing um, this year, but definitely encouraging, especially like the Thanksgiving service. Uh, it was just um, person after person after person um, sharing how um, thankful they have been uh, for what God has been doing in their life, um, primarily through uh, their D group. And uh, so we just want to keep encouraging that and uh, see what uh, God has in store for us this year. Any other thoughts on D groups? No, but I. I um, no, but the one thing, because you gave the, the numbers of how many people were in, I mentioned life groups. Um, we had 140 people in service last week. So, I mean, if you look around, you can see how many are here. We had, what, 80-some people in the second service last week. So um, there's, there's room for you in both life groups and D groups. So. Yeah. And to just consider as well, uh, we also have students um, that are interested in um, not just knowing God or in community. They're interested in discipleship. And uh, I've been involved in a group this year. It's been super fun with high school guys. Uh, speaking to another friend here at New Life just didn't feel quite ready to take that step to lead a, a group with um, other adults. And I said, well, well what about um, some high school guys? And kind of listed a, a handful of names. And he's like, well, I can do that. And they just began um, a group uh, here in the past, I think, week or two. Um, so God is, is, is ready to use you, um, all of us, um, to be disciple makers, um, not just um, evangelists, um, not just uh, learners or hearers, um, but God has called us to all to make disciples. So this year I think it's going to be a big deal for that. 
And finally, as we think about this, this whole discipleship pathway, knowing God, um, living together or community, um, making disciples, this, this, this final piece of the pathway is changing the world. And uh, we've definitely um, seen some growth in that this area, in this area in this past year. I definitely see this as um, primarily the area on the pathway that really um, I think God wants to um, challenge us with. You know, as we shared um, just the vision that God had given us a few years ago, um, see, seeing a church that is healthy and prepared, seeing a church where serving is like breathing. And we talk about these cultural um, engagements, and we talk about all of these different things. Um, we all still have some room to grow. We have room to grow. And uh, this changing the world uh, is where God just continues to bring us back to as, as, as shepherds to say, there's, there's a lot of room here uh, for us as a body. Yeah, I think there's opportunity in, like, um, not just to be complainers and, and angry, but be in a setting where we're, we're praying, we're actively drawing our world into a biblical worldview. And um, like what uh, Alistair Begg was, was saying is that we aren't the first generation to face this, but we, we need to be reminded by the truth of God's word. And then also this, this idea of changing the world for the gospel. Um, in this past, uh, past week, um, um, I had uh, our elderly friend Sally died this past week. And so for the past six, four to six weeks, I've had opportunity to realize that she was taking a turn that wasn't going to be temporary. And um, it, it jarred me a bit. I've had spiritual conversations with her before, and she has some challenges which make that a little interesting. But as, as it began to dawn on me that she may only have days or weeks left, it, it changed my conversation with her. And frankly, it, I don't know how alert she was during those moments, but it, as I held my hands in her hands and looked her in the eye and talked through you know, why we celebrate Christmas, why we celebrate Easter, and what is going to happen in, when she takes that last breath, um, it brought into my recognition that every single one of us is Sally in that m- moment. Every single person that we talked to is Sally in that moment. And she wasn't guaranteed another death, and she only had another week, as it turns out, when I was having those conversations. But if we begin to view the people around us like that, and that we may have more than a week, and so we don't have to necessarily go all the way in one conversation again like I did, sort of, um, to view that, view, view people's spirits and, and their hearts like that, and that we don't know how many days, how many conversations. Those conversations don't come about easily. And so if we find ourselves in those situations, and the Holy Spirit prompt, go with it. Go with it. Take a step into a spiritual direction. It doesn't have to, you don't have to close the deal in that moment, but take the step. Holy Spirit's leading you. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I learned from the last three yeah. weeks. I would, I would add that too, just as uh, many of you know, I, I get to serve as a chaplain for the fire department and for the sheriff's office. And um, one of the things I get to do is, is um, meet and talk with and, and help and get to know um, and serve those that are serving. Um, I also um, 
am, am engaged with the community on different things and have um, access to lots of information. So especially this past year, really been impacted um, by how close um, eternity is for people. Uh, when, uh, when you go on a death notification for a 28-year-old um, and you, you realize that this, this kid didn't wake up that day thinking, this is my last day. Um, his parents didn't wake up thinking, hey, this is my kid's last day. Um, I'm sure his coworkers didn't think, hey, when he leaves work, he's not going to come back tomorrow. Um, and you begin um, to see that here is an accident, or it was a fatal accident, where um, someone, another young person, um, died, passed away. They're no longer physically here. And the, not that I didn't know those things before, but as um, you get closer and closer um, to these kind of realities, uh, you realize that, um, that they're all around us every day. Um, people, um, they leave this earth every day. And um, as I see, um, just in, in my area, um, just the accident scenes and fatal accident scenes or shootings just, just in our area, um, it's a lot of things in people's lives that are impacted. And um, I, I want to make sure, too, that one, for me, um, I, I better every day live as though it might be my last um, and also realize that whoever I'm speaking to, I may never have an opportunity to speak to them again. And that's for all of us. Um, that, that God gives us that opportunity um, every day um, to share the gospel, to speak life um, into people's lives. So um, for us as a church, um, really see God challenging us and growing um, in that. And as we think about some um, things... Um, not just on, on that level, all that's kind of heavy. <laughs> um, we, uh, we talk about some of the events Paul alluded to earlier that um, we're really going to spend time uh, thinking about, praying through, talking through um, all that we're doing from an outreach perspective. And um, is, it, is it helpful? Um, is, it, is it worth the cost and time that we're putting into it? Uh, what is the purpose of it? Um, should we um, keep doing it? Uh, should we stop doing it? Um, should we start doing something else? Or should we really... Um, double down and, and do this more. And that'll be from everything from our missionaries to our outreach events, um, as Paul alluded to, too. Um, a lot of people feel like when it comes to sharing the gospel, um, you don't have the words um, or you're not good enough. Uh, we hear that on a regular basis. I, I don't know what to say. So I'm um, doing the three circles um, training. Uh, it's a simple way to be able to do that. And I'm so encouraged by it because as, as I've um, done more and more funerals, um, particularly over the last year, uh, I was like the funeral guy for a while. <laughs> I don't want to be the funeral guy, just for the record. <laughs> um, and, and, and doing funerals for people that I don't, I don't know um, their family history very well, I don't know their faith very well, um, and sitting across the table, uh, in one instance, from someone that um, she was basically telling me, um, I, I don't want all that Jesus stuff <laughs> at my dad's funeral. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's great, but I'm sharing the gospel because <laughs> uh, people need Jesus. They don't, they don't need a preacher up there to tell them, hey, it'll be over in a while. Um, 
they need to hear the gospel. And, and this is the way I share it, that, that God, he, he didn't intend uh, for our world to be this way, to, um, to be broken. Uh, he very much intended it and created it to be good. But we as man have sinned and we have broken uh, and continue to break all that God has made. But there's hope uh, because God sent Jesus as a way to fix, um, especially our relationship with him, who in the end will make all things right again. Um, it is the hope um, that people desperately, desperately need. Um, as well as with this changing the world idea to give us some, uh, as Ryan talked about, some help and perspective on some of these cultural um, engagement um, things. It's like, how do you, how, how do you deal with someone um, that might refer to themselves as a different pronoun than what they actually are? Uh, how do you do that uh, with love and kindness and grace and truth um, all mixed together? Um, do you even know why people uh, might think that or say that uh, or feel that? Um, and um, to begin um, to just craft some ways to, to care for them and share the gospel with them is so, so vitally important um, for us and so many other um, things going on in that. But uh, were there other thoughts that uh, you guys had as far as the changing the world component of all that we do? I think we could be up here for days, but we do have second service coming in. Ah. <laughs> They'll be all right. <laughs> God, we indeed are grateful for today, and um, we stand uh, and sit in your presence knowing uh, that you are the God of all things, that you are the one uh, true God of all time and forever. God, that in you and you alone um, lies the the hope for us and the hope for those that we know and the hope for the world. God, that we would be people um, that hear uh, the words of Jesus proclaimed and we respond to them. That we would be people that live uh, this life and and encourage and challenge others uh, to live it. That we would be people that say, you know, um, I need to continue uh, to work out um, in my faith and that we will be people um, that grow um, better and better in the discipline of following you, of reading your word, of memorizing it, of praying. And God, that we would be people um, that faithfully, courageously share the gospel uh, with those around us. God, in 2023, we want to submit all of our plans to you, all of our ideas to you. And if we need to change something, God, to do your will, God, may it be so. If we need to do something new to do your will, may it be so. And God, at the end, may we be able to look back and say, look what God has done. So God, we ask um, not um, for your blessing, but for your guidance, that you uh, would do what only you can do, that we would see transformation and grace. And it's in the great and powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.